0: Hello and welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead and my guests on today's show are the co-founders of the Chicago Composers Orchestra, Brian Baxter and Randall West. Thanks guys for coming down. Hello, thank hey. you for having us. Um, tell us about the Chicago Composers Orchestra.
1: Well, the Chicago Composers Orchestra is a full orchestra dedicated to the performance and advocacy of music by living composers.
0: That's fantastic. So full orchestra. So you have a harp, you have, uh, you have everything, that the, you have four horns, all that stuff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's yes. It's full orchestra. <laughs> it's an enormous undertaking. Um, yeah. When did you start this and how did you have the idea?
2: Uh, we started this about two years ago, uh, the summer of 2010. Uh, so it's a new, uh, we're a new organization. And uh, we started with a concert by uh, uh, four uh, living, of course, uh, Chicago composers. Um, that being an important part of who we are is focusing on Chicago artists. And uh, we've been doing uh, three concerts a
0: season for two seasons now, and we're closing our first season right now. Wow, so you guys were just kind of together having a beer one night, and you said, you know, we know so many musicians, we ought to just make an orchestra. <laughs> is, that, is
1: that how this came about? Well, sort of. Um what the way it really came about is we were in grad school together at roosevelt university and uh, as a part of our final project our thesis uh, both randall and i composed orchestral works so we decided to collaborate on putting together an orchestra with our uh, friend and the conductor matthew casper who was also in school with us at the time and about a year out from uh, our graduate degrees we thought we're like listen, we've got this list of performers. We know tons of people that are interested in this. Let's see if we can make this happen. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we kind of put together the organization and the first concert in only about three-ish months or so.
0: <laughs> and there was a lot of momentum coming off of those um, those concerts, I think, especially, um, well, Randall, I, went to, I was able to go to your grad recital. I do remember the, the musicians were very energized to be part of this great undertaking. So I think maybe that helped, right, in in the uh, conception and planning of the orchestra. And it helped a lot
2: for Brian and I uh, just to, I think, for ourselves to see that it was possible to do something of that scale. And if we spent enough time and called enough people and got enough people interested that you could do that, you could create an orchestra um, out of nothing. And
0: uh, so we did it. That's fantastic. And you are both composers, and the orchestra has uh, played your pieces. After all, you do the programming, so why, why wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so I'd love to hear something. Um, Brian, let's have a, let's listen to a, to a piece of yours. Um, can you tell us about this piece
1: that we're going to listen to? Sure. The piece is entitled Roots Run Deep, and it's actually uh, an adaptation of a string quartet I wrote by the same name. It's, it's Structurally, it's the same piece. I just f- fleshed it out for orchestra. And... Uh, Uh, Just to to boil down the essence of it, it, it's inspired by uh, my grandparents uh, on on their farm in Vermont. And and my grandfather at one point told me that his roots run deep here, referring to the farm in in the northeast kingdom of Vermont that he lives in. And he, he wasn't lying because he currently sleeps in the same bedroom that he was born in, and he's 90 years old. So this is really kind of an earthy piece. It's very limited in nature, and um, I tried to do a lot with a very small amount of material. Sounds great. Let's have a listen to
0: Roots Run Deep by Brian Baxter. We just listened to Roots Run Deep by Brian Baxter, who is one of my guests today from the Chicago Composers Orchestra, and that was performed by the Chicago Composers Orchestra. Brian, I think it's a fantastic piece, and I was at the concert at which it was premiered, and uh, I I thought it went really well. Um, It seems like you guys are are obviously getting adequate number of rehearsals, and I know how hard it is to get people together. Um, How are you doing all of that?
1: Yeah, well, we actually run on three rehearsals per, per show. And uh, luckily, our, our conductor, Matthew Casper, uh, really does a great job yeah, pulling all of that's, that music together. That's amazing. And, you know, we build all these connections with the performers. So we're, we're it's it's a labor of love to get it all put together. And and really, it's a labor of love for all of the performers as well. Mm-hmm.
0: So what have been some of the more memorable um, concerts that you guys have given?
2: Uh, we've had a lot of really great concerts. Uh, just this season, uh, uh, a very memorable concert for me uh, was a concert we did at Garfield Park Conservatory. And uh, we, uh, we built it as a, you know, the or- we're taking the orchestra to somewhere outside the concert hall, both um, literally in terms of the space and also in terms of the music. And we, um, we worked uh, with a jazz composer, uh, Nicole Mitchell, who wrote a piece for orchestra. Uh, and jazz composers don't get a lot of opportunities to write for orchestra, so that was very exciting. Uh, we also worked with a composer, uh, Kyle Vector, who uh, writes more what you think of as concert music. But for this uh, this concert, he created a piece uh, where musicians were spread around the space. People could walk around and experience the orchestra, uh, you know, spatially. And, um, and then we worked with a sound artist who actually had the orchestral musicians uh, walking across glass, pieces of glass, uh, for the performance. And it was, you know, an out there thing. But...
0: Um, but uh, very effective and uh, something that I think the performers and the audience both really enjoyed. Yeah, I remember that that concert, and um, Kyle's piece I thought was really interesting because here you are in the in the conservatory and there's plants everywhere, and then hiding behind a gigantic leaf might be a cellist. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean there were, you know, the musicians were all scattered throughout yeah. <laughs> the, the area, and it was just so much fun to walk around the paths and hear the piece, and, and it gelled. It didn't sound like chaos, like you might think, if the musicians don't have sight lines with each other, but the piece was composed in such a way that, that they didn't need to see each other. Um I thought you know, it was a really, really fantastic concert. Um, anything else? Other events that, that stick
1: out? Well, we did a show in February uh, that was featuring Gabriel Prokofiev, who, uh, Seth, you previously featured on this, uh, this show, in fact. And that was really exciting because it was our first time working with an international artist, both, both him and the bass drum soloist. We did, we did a concerto for bass drum and orchestra. Uh, so that, that, was, that was thrilling, and, and you know, we had, we had a lot of fun with that. In fact, it, in, it involved a trip to, uh, to Home Depot to pick out some fresh chains for the bass drum because <laughs> he, uh, he uses the chains in, on the bass drum while he's hitting it and doing other stuff to the bass drum in front of the orchestra.
0: Well, that was one of the fun things about that piece because um, you think of the bass drum and you think, boom boom, boom, but, you know, it turns out you can do an awful lot. <laughs> you can punch holes in it and, and throw rope, you know, put rope through it, and you can you yeah, can the, the chains roar. on top of it, right. Yeah, you can do all these amazing things to get sounds out of the bass drum. Well, Randall, you are also a composer, and uh, we have a piece of yours performed by the Composers Orchestra. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the piece? Mm-hmm. I wrote this piece uh, for
2: the debut concert uh, last uh, or two years ago in uh, 2010, it's part of a series of short orchestra pieces uh, that I am will probably continue to write for many years uh, that are all named after the periodic table of elements. So I'm a pretty geeky guy. <laughs> I like that kind of thing. Are these uh, the standard elements or the new ones that are always being I found done, unstable? Uh, I, uh, they're probably discovering new ones faster than I'm writing pieces. <laughs> so that's a problem. Get on it, Randall. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's... Um, it's been a fun, uh, fun experience. Uh, actually, uh, prior to this concert, I, I did uh, uh, helium and uh, um, selenium and uh, iodine. Well, let's pick one of those elements to delve into a little more deeply. How did you orchestrate, say, phosphorus? Uh, well, the idea with phosphorus is I was, um, the, the image I had in mind, uh, sort of the like phosphorescence, like the glowing and, and how, the, how that relates you know, chemically to the element, I have no idea. But that was what I was, I was taking from that word. Uh, so this sort of shimmering quality was what I wanted to bring into the music. Uh, and it starts uh, kind of slow and, uh, and, you know, just a, a few actually cellos and, and violas. And the musicians are playing outside of the meter. So it means they're, in this case, they're looping small phrases that they don't line up with one another exactly. And uh, it, it kind of creates this shimmering quality that starts kind of dark and gets brighter uh, as the piece goes on. Uh, so for this concert, I did uh, phosphorus and tungsten. So, I mean, what does something like tungsten mean to anybody? It's, it's sort of a, a, just a concept, but it's a way to uh, take a thought. Uh, in this case, tungsten is what uh, light bulb filaments are made out of. So I, I kind of had this image of, of light bulbs and kind of a, a silly, uh, you know, like mo- old, old school movie marquees that are flashing on and off mm-hmm. with all
0: those mm-hmm. light bulbs. Great. Let's have a listen to phosphorus and tungsten by Randall West. Phosphorus and Tungsten, two orchestral pieces based on elements from the periodic table by Randall West. Uh, Randall, you have a, uh, another premiere coming up on the final concert of uh, the Composers Orchestra's second season, June 1st. Um, is that another piece based on um, elements? Uh, it is
2: not. Uh, I'm departing from that uh, project momentarily to write this piece. Uh, it's a, a little bit longer of a, a piece, part of the idea for the um, the periodic table pieces, is, is that they're all short. So this is a longer piece, and it will be for orchestra with electronics.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, fantastic. This concert is June 1st, 7.30 p.m. at the uh, Ruth Page Center for Dance, right? And um, tickets are available on your website, which is? ChicagoComposersOrchestra.org. Okay, great. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show that features music by contemporary composers. Today's guests are Brian Baxter and Randall West from the Chicago Composers Orchestra. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll come to our website at relevanttones.com. One other highlight of this concert on June 1st will be the U.S. premiere of the Viola Concerto by Chen Yi. And um, Chen Yi is a, a very prominent composer right now um, in her own right. And her husband, Joe Long, just won the Pulitzer. Um, they're, they're part of this crop of Chinese composers that is uh, kind of setting the world on fire. So how very exciting that you guys are able to give the U.S. premiere of a major piece by her and uh, how exciting that's happening in Chicago. How did this come about?
1: Yeah, it came about, uh, We our, our principal viola player, uh, Michael Hall, actually kind of tours the whole world performing uh, mostly new music, and he's actually played this piece before. He played it in Thailand, and I believe he's played it other places as well. And, you know, we had a meeting with him last summer, and he brought up the idea of this piece with the Chicago Composers Orchestra, and we jumped at the idea. I mean, we've got the built-in soloist, which is kind of the biggest piece to the puzzle next to the orchestra itself, and uh, we're like, let's do it. And we got in touch with Chen Yi, and, and we're going we're gonna to make this thing happen.
0: Well, I was able to catch up with Michael and talk to him a little bit about the piece. Uh, Michael Hall is a violist here in Chicago, but uh, you do most of your performances outside of Chicago. And in fact, you have a lot of projects going on, a lot of people writing for you. Can you tell
3: us a little bit about that? I'm very fortunate to be a violist, uh, let alone a musician, that has living, breathing composers seeking me out, wanting to write pieces for me. So people like Roderick De Man in Amsterdam, Bunruj uh, Sittaphanavanen, I love the name, from Thailand. I love that you can say that name. It's uh, You know, Thai names are beautiful, like Narong Prong another composer that has just written a piece for me based upon the riots uh, last spring in, in Thailand. Um, and it's just a pleasure to be, have almost, well, basically 24 pieces being written for me. That's fantastic.
0: And you travel a lot to the East. Is that how this Chen Yi
3: concerto came about? It is. Narong Prang Charong, the individual I just mentioned, he invited me to the Composition Festival, and uh, that's how I was introduced to Chen Yi's music.
0: And he asked you to play the viola
3: concerto? He did, yes, as the culminating uh, concert to the program.
0: And tell us about the piece, your impressions of it, what, um, what listeners should be listening for as we play some of it a little bit later.
3: Well, those of you who know viola concertos know that composers tend to take advantage of the melancholic, lugubrious, kind of dark aspect. This piece showcases a little bit of that, but more importantly, it has a great deal of kinetic energy and vibrancy.
0: Mm-hmm. So is it in the upper range of the viola
3: then? or It traverses the entire range. Okay. Oh, it goes very high and it sinks down very dramatically to the uh-huh. low depths. Fantastic. And I know there's uh, sometimes thought of
0: as conflict between the Eastern style of composition and the Western style of composition, where the Western, uh, the, these sections of the piece are so clearly demarcated, it's really obvious where you are. Um, a lot of times, though, in, in, uh, the, with the Eastern composers, their philosophy, of course, is completely different. Um, the structure is different. Do you see that in, in her viola concerto?
3: I do. There's a very strong sense of an organic unfolding through the piece. Uh, No semblance of structural hierarchy is trying to dictate the form of the piece. It is unfolding like a living, breathing organism. The themes tend to grow into each other, and I would say even more than thematically, I think the colors are the main transitioning aspect of this piece.
0: Well, describe the piece for us a little bit. So it's in one movement, um, and uh, does
3: it have any traditional Chinese elements to it, or can you tell us a little bit about the piece? Yeah, the movement, the, the entire piece, lasting 14 and a half minutes, starts out extremely kinetic. Lots of energy right up from the outset, from the viola and the orchestra. Uh, Strong syncopation elements. And then add to that the strong Chinese elements of the pentatonic scale sneaking in every once in a while as a motif that comes back and back. But it gets warped and expanded as the piece progresses. So much so that there are even elements of a Debussy-esque orchestration and interplay between the, the soloist and the orchestra as well.
0: So it doesn't stay kinetic the whole time? It'll...
3: No, it does not. It, it has the great feeling of uh, almost an experience of life's dialogue. Mm-hmm. You're born. Let's get to it. Lots of energy. <laughs> and then, oh, wait a minute. This is a long life. What do I want to do with it? Right. There's a meditative section <laughs> uh-huh. before it kind of pulls you back into the moment and say, no, 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 don't, don't keep thinking about tomorrow. Let's do something today and then it gets back to a virtuosic section. Mm-hmm. This goes back and forth between the here. And to me, it feels like we're going to the present to the worrying and wondering about the future. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you were kind enough to bring in a recording of yourself playing the piece with the Chiang Mai Philharmonic in Thailand. And uh, so let's have a listen now to Michael Hall performing Chen Yi's Viola Concerto. Thank <laughs> Violist Michael Hall performing with the Shanghai Mai Philharmonic in Thailand, Chen Yi's Viola Concerto, Shanxi. And Michael, tell us about the name.
3: Shanxi is Chinese for string game or string play. It can also be t- interpreted as tone poem, but not in the sense of a Western tone poem, just as the poem based on sounds.
0: Well, you can hear this piece performed live by the Chicago Composers Orchestra on Friday, June 1st at 7.30 p.m. at the Ruth Page Center for Dance. Tickets are available on their website, chicagocomposersorchestra.org. And uh, if you want to see or hear more about Michael and his various projects, his website is michaelhallviola.com. Thank you so much for coming down, Michael.
3: Thank you very much, Seth. It has been an honor
0: to come here, and congratulations on your new show. Thank you. Can't wait to hear you play the piece on uh, June 1st. Thank you. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McQuarters at WFMT. For more information about the program and the artists we featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, Carol Joins and Abby O'Neill, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm your host, Seth Bosted, and thank you very much for listening.